parental guidance is suggested. Drive home with Anthony. And here we go. You know what I want to start with is record stores, because we're coming up on record store day, right? Um, April 20th, 420, right? Geniuses, whoever came up with that. 420, baby. Killing two birds with one stone on uh, record store day. Killing two birds with one Lauren stone, I like to say. That's my little saying. That's my contribution to society. Anyway, I, I, I brought this up on the air today, but I didn't really get a chance to elaborate on it. And I was trying to think of what my greatest record discovery was. You know, like uh, my greatest record store discovery, I should say. Like when you remember when you used to go to record stores and you used to just spend hours. I mean, for me, record a record store was hours. Like you didn't say it was very rare I said, "Hey, let's go to the record store." And I was in and out in 15, 20 minutes. We we had to be on our way to something really important for me to be for do to me to be doing that. I used to just go to record stores for friggin' hours, just walking around. I just loved them. Even whatever the hell Tower Records became in its later days, even Virgin Mega Stores, maybe I was just gripping on to whatever was ever left. Fine, you could say that. But even those stores. I would absolutely love just losing myself in those places for hours, hours and hours. I would even like this is the kind of weirdo that I was. I'd be in the fucking world section. I'd be in the, you know, African Mambo third world country greatest hits section. It didn't even matter. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Let me let me look at the let me look at the album art. Let me listen to it. The day they installed listening stations, and, you know, I made fun of Virgin Megastore and all that shit, but it was really those kind of stores much later on that let you listen to music so much more in a record store, you know? Like, you could just walk from one station to the next, and how schkivots was that fucking putting on somebody else's headphones? I'll be honest with you right now, I'm the biggest asshole at EHM, because I don't like anybody else using my headphones. I skeeved that shit. And for those of you non-Italians out there, skeeve means disgust. That disgusts me greatly. I fuck. I hate it. I don't like other people wearing my my headphones. Ugh. Even clean people. It didn't even matter. You know, it doesn't even matter. Uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. You know, Mila Kunis, who I I love them. If they came in wearing my headphones, I'd be a little skeeved out. I don't know. I'm like, weird. I got my own problems. But even knowing that you had to put on somebody else's skeevy headphones to listen to music, I would still do it. I would still be in the record store just listening to whatever I could. Standing there like an idiot. You're staring at the, you know, you're staring at the back of the CD or the album because you can't open it. It's in the store. It's the store's copy, but you're listening to the stuff. You got to look at something. There's some other idiot dope, just like you, you know, standing right next to you, listening to their 
little thing, whatever they're listening to, that person would always annoy you, wouldn't they? Because you're standing there, you're listening to the music, you're like grooving, you're getting into it, and then you're like, look at this asshole with his stupid leather jacket. Look at him. Look at the way he's bopping his head. I mean, I know I'm bopping my head too, but he's 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 bopping his head like an asshole. <laughs> you would you would start to like kind of hate the person next to you. You know, leather jacket and a flannel shirt, fucking grunge douchebag. That uh, maybe I have again problems. Maybe that's my little issue. But I I know that there would always be some or. You would always you'd be listening to something and you'd be kind of into it, but then you look over and you'd see the asshole guy listening to something. You're like, oh shit, I want to listen to that. How long are you gonna be asshole with your stupid head moving around like you're like you're frigate like you're connecting with the band? Give me a break. Move on, buddy. I want to get in there. Want to see what's happening with that? Man, I miss record stores. So I was trying to think of what what was my greatest record store find. And by find, I mean like something that just wowed you. Whether it was like discovering a band or an album. And I can't think of it. I, I honestly, I can't, I've been trying to recall and I, I've been blanking. You know? it's been a, It's been an hour or so since I got off the air, since I first thought about it. And I had some stuff to do at EHM, and then I got in the car, and I've been trying to think about it, and I, I can't remember. I can remember my last great discovery at a record store. It was 1999, and I know that because I just looked it up before I got in the car, because uh, I couldn't remember what day it was. The funny thing is, all right, my last great record store discovery was 1999. And I'm thinking about it. It's 2013. 14 years. Think about how friggin' advanced the internet has gotten in 14 years. Just 14 years. We know everything now. Like, there's not... I would say 90% of music is you know. You know it. You know, it's there. And it's not just music. It's like sports teams and statistics and whatever. And, you know, I, I can remember going to Islander games and then seeing like and buying the program and then seeing like a picture of somebody in like a different like seeing a picture of an Islander in a different uniform I'd be like, what the hell was that? And then learning that it was like a minor league uniform or it was like his junior team uniform. I, I, I had no idea that, like, players went through that process, you know? Like, obviously, but when you're a kid, you're like an idiot. And in some cases, when you grow up, you remain an idiot. I'm not going to name any names. But, like, I remember being like, wow, and then looking at the picture. I mean, like, nowadays, you, you, can, you can see... An entire player's career online in seconds. It would take you seconds to find it. You know, it's not hard at all. But back then, even 1999, you know, it was hard to see 
some of these things. You know, it was hard to find some of these things. I'm struggling to find glasses because the snow is just blinding me. And I, I can't find... Uh, my glasses are clearly not in this car. Hang on a second. I'm in Cuddle's car, by the way. That's the problem right now. So, my choices are blinding glare or... Oh, these look nice. Or her women's glasses. And I'm going for women's glasses. Because, A, fuck you. I don't care what you think of me. B, maybe I like wearing women's glasses. You got a problem with that? All right, here we go. I'll have to put up a picture. Ow! I'll have to put up a picture of these glasses. These are... Now I'm styling. Oh, yeah. Oh, now it's working. Pimping ain't easy, baby. I'm wearing Calvin Klein's right now. Uh, where was I? Yeah, so in just 14 years with a damn internet, there's nothing you don't know. So, like, if you dig on an artist, and, and I get this from EHM listeners all the time. We play somebody, we introduce them to somebody... Then they go look up their stuff. And then they could find all the albums if there is one. Or EPs. Or whatever. It's at the point right now where you can get a band's music before they broke. You know? Like, you think about some of the bands that they put out albums, like, way before they finally hit. And it was so hard to get that stuff in the past. Now it's, for the most part, pretty easily accessible. Or you would at least be able to know that it exists if you couldn't get it yourself because of the internet. You know, but back in 19... Even 1999, it seems insane to think about. Just 14 years ago. You really couldn't do that. I mean, we had the internet. But, you know, try and search shit back then. What was I going to do? Go on fucking Lycos? Or ask Jeeves and search for it? You know, it was impossible to find shit back then. So my last great record store discovery was, from what I could remember, I, I might have had one after that, I don't know. But this one pops in my mind, Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds live at Luther College, which is just a phenomenal record. And I remember being kind of blown away because I, you know, I had had the first three albums and Dave Matthews Band is a good example because they released an album called Remember Two Things, which a lot of those songs were later on other albums. But they released that album like kind of on their own, independent, before they got signed to a major label, before their landmark record, Under the Table and Dreaming, came out. Um, and at that point, I don't even think I had that album. But I was at, and I can't even remember what record store I was at, Whatever was in Manhasset. I think I was in Manhasset on Long Island. It was yellow, I think. I can't... Was it FYE? I don't know. Anyway. But I'm in there, and I'm wasting time. I was with a girl who I... What a... Talk about mistakes. Holy shit. Holy shit, but I was young and stupid. Whatever. Anyway, I'm with a girl, and she's shopping or something, which I never minded that because of record stores, you know? 
It's like, fine, you want to go stare at bags? and I don't care, go. Leave me be in my record store. Let me walk around and listen to some shit. And you come back to me when you're done. So anyway, I'm leafing around and I'm kind of like... I'm like, right, let me look at the Dave Matthews. Let me see if he came out with anything new. That's why I was looking. I wanted to see if he came out with anything new. You know, I was like... Because before this Crowded Streets was his last record. And I was like, right, let me... Let's see if he's got anything new. And I found uh, Live at Luther College, which I'm not even sure if it was new at the time. I don't know. My timeline's all screwed up. But anyway, I found this album, and I just remember being so excited to find new material that I didn't even know existed. And I think it had been out for quite some time if it hadn't just come out. It was out for a while. But I remember thinking to myself, I had no idea. And I would have never known had, not, had I not come to a record store to get away from whatever the hell it was I was dating at the time. You know, and just lost myself in the record store. Like, there's something just so beautiful about that. Again, and I've said this before, not to be like one of these people that are like, oh, the old days were so much better, you know, because I, I don't buy into that. I really don't. But there was a beauty behind that, just going into a record store and saying, to hell with the next three hours of my life. Life is so precious. That's it. You're going to die. You are going to die. You listen, you're going to die. Don't take anything for granted. But you'd go into that record store and you'd say, fuck the next three hours. I'm going to just be a waste and walk around here and just discover something, you know? And that, there was something, there's something so beautiful about that. I miss that. I really, really do. I really do. And now I know there's some record stores still around, but you got to consider something. If it's more than a friggin' 20-minute drive... Going to that is really more of an event than an everyday occurrence, which is what it used to be. You know, that's what it used to be. It was this beautiful, beautiful oasis of, of promise. Just endless possibilities. You know? I think of that movie. It's that Albert Brooks movie with uh, the one where he's being judged. Judgment or something? Oh, shit. It's just only my favorite movie of all time, and now I can't think of it. And now all I'm thinking about is the fact of how embarrassed I am that I can't think of it. With Meryl Streep, him and Meryl Streep, and they're up in like a purgatory kind of place before they get judged if they can go on to the next form of life. It's like that, you know? And, and oh, they're up, they're up, so they're up in this like heaven or kind of purgatory place waiting to get judged, and they tell them you can eat whatever you want and not gain any weight. And that's all they do is go around to all these like amazing restaurants and just eat and eat and eat. And they never get full and they never get tired of eating. How wonderful does that sound? It's the same thing. You would just walk around and there would be hours and hours and hours on music of music on these discs, cassette players, vinyl, whatever, there's just hours that there's endless possibilities of what you can find and discover and connect with. And there was nobody to stop you except for that mistake that you're dating when she was done shopping with whatever she was done shopping with. Or the doucher 
record store employee who would constantly come over and can I help you? No, you want to help me? Go the fuck over to the other side of the store and let me do my thing, dude. Yeah, I get it. You're excited about the new, you know, Radiohead bootlegs. I, I get you're excited. Leave me the fuck alone, dude. You know, I'm over here in the dead. I'm 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 looking at dick pics right now. You know, I'm trying trying to do my thing. So, yeah, record stores. Well, and then and that's what it is. Now, record stores are an event. It's not like go to your record store. It's record store day, and we. It, I think it's great that we celebrate it, and I th- I think it's helping in the resurgence of vinyl. You know, but I also think there's a sadness to a record store day. The fact that it has become so rare that it requires a day of, like, remembrance almost. For those of you who don't know, Record Store Day is like a chance to, you know, go to the record store and just buy some records. And uh, artists do a great job at supporting it by putting out, like, special releases or special vinyls. Uh, stuff that you can't get online that you can only get in these little record stores. And they keep it away from the giants and the behemoths like Best Buy and Target. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's a great thing. You know, and we pick on Target and Best Buy, but Best Buy and Target, they do okay. They do have, like, some of those exclusive, you know, you buy an album there, you get exclusive tracks. Shit like that's cool. Target does a lot of that kind of shit. They do a lot of it with Taylor Swift, which is unfortunate, but, you know, what are you going to do? Can't get everything all at once. All right, now, at this point, I have to pause the drive home cast because I have to run an errand. An errand. An errand must be run right now. I have to get gas. I'm going to wait behind this guy. Pause. Errand in progress. Maybe I can keep talking. I'm a little afraid of what this guy's going to think of me, though. And my snazzy glasses talking into a microphone at a gas station in a really ugly green Honda. The first time I doubted my religion was when I saw the priest at my parish driving a Honda. I remember thinking to myself, if God chose him to represent God on earth, wouldn't he have given him at least a fucking Acura? I mean, Jesus Christ. Now that may sound um, shallow. Or whatever the case may be. But I want you to think about that. And again, this is when I was much younger thinking about this. But I want you to think about that. It's pretty damn devastating to know that the guy who stands at the front of the church, who turns a cracker into the body of Christ, it's kind of absurd for that guy to be driving around in a fucking Honda. No? Come on. Come on. Even if you love Jesus. I, I need you to admit this to yourself. Not even me. I don't lie to me all you want. I, I need you to accept it in your heart. That's embarrassing. Now I know what you're going to say. Well, 
priests live a certain kind of lifestyle where they give up all those uh, bullshit. Have you ever gone to with a priest out to dinner or seen a priest eating? That motherfucker is rocking surf and turf all the way. Okay? And he's drinking the finest liquor and he's top-notching that kind of shit. All right? I know this to be true. So don't tell me that a Honda is like his little sacrifice. That's bullshit. Now, I'm not saying a Honda's not a nice car. God bless you. If you're rocking a Honda, good for you. At least it's not a Toyota Yaris. You know? But on the other hand, if you are performing this miracle, and I am doing air quotes, of turning a cracker, right, a wheat thin, into the body of Christ, then you need to have a better... You got, I mean, a Mercedes, a Lexus, like I said, minimum, at minimum, an Acura which is the upper echelon Honda. You know? And it wasn't even a Honda Accord. It was a fucking Honda Elantra or some shit. Just awful. I remember seeing that as a young child and thinking to myself, this is what this this is what our priest is driving? The guy who I talk to, who talks to Jesus, right? When we're done, goes and gets into a Honda. There's just something ridiculous about that to me. And it completely discredits my religion. All right, at this point, I have to get out of the car and gas up. So I'm going to put you on pause. All right. We're back. I have gas. And I filled up my car. <laughs> See what I did? It's a fart joke. All right, where was I? Uh, oh, doubting my religion. Right, yeah. So a Honda... A priest driving a Honda made me feel like there is no God. So that fucked me up when I was a kid, and uh, that's uh, kind of stuck with me. <laughs> <clears throat> I do have a hard time with an invisible guy in the sky and that whole thing, but perhaps we should save that for another podcast. Oh, I'm getting a phone call here from an account. Oh, nope. No, I'm not. Very important person. I get phone calls from uh, account executives. There is something that's messed up about that. Let's be honest with each other. The guy's only driving a Honda. At least, at least the reason why I gave up religion is something like nice. Like, I, I just can't buy into priests driving Hondas. Other than opposed to, uh, hey, uh, the priest touched me, you know? At least we're not going down that road, thank God, if there is one. Religion, I don't know, though. That's a crazy one. You know what I saw? Two documentaries that you might want to look at in case you're thinking about totally ditching your religion. Like, here's what I want you to do. In case you're absolutely in love with your religion, whatever it is, maybe it's Catholicism, I want you to watch two documentaries. This way you can be on my side of the fence now. Um, Religious, which was Bill Maher's documentary. And there's also something on uh, HBO right now. I can't think of the name of it, but it's all about uh, these this group of uh, deaf people. These uh, boys, really. They were deaf boys who went to a deaf school, and a priest went there and molested somewhere in the range of four to seven hundred children. 
asshole. And um, and they and the church covered it up. I mean, all the way up to the top to the Pope, all the way up to the Pope, covered that shit up. It's a pretty moving documentary. You should check it out. What upset me about Religious, the Bill Maher religion documentary, I'm probably even butchering that name. What upset me about that was there was some sort of a Middle Eastern god, part of another religion, that basically had the same rap as Jesus. You know? You know, claimed to be a savior, died, rose on the third day, walked on water, performed miracles, rose the dead to the living... You know, did everything that... All the cool shit Jesus did. Apparently this ancient god, uh, uh, which I can't think of the name, Horomus or Humorist or whatever his name was. Uh, apparently this god, the same stories were written about this guy. Like, all these hundreds of years before Jesus. And that kind of made me sad because I, I, I thought as ludicrous... And it's hard to buy into the whole Jesus thing was, and crazy as that was, I thought that it at least still was some cool original stuff, you know? And then I found out that it wasn't, so it was kind of like, eh, that's depressing. As much as I doubt religion and the whole scheme of things, I still... When I have a close call with something, I will still say a little prayer and thank God. I don't know what about the human condition it is that just doesn't allow what, like, if I told you today, pretend, if you can, to take part in this exercise, that religion doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. And I came to you and I told you, there's a man in the sky... You look up, don't you can't see him. And he's watching over you and he created you. But I came from my mother. Well, you did, but because of him, that's why you came from your mother. And he you know, he's all knowing and all powerful and whatever you're gonna do he knows. And the only reason why you can have a choice in doing it is because he allowed you to. And uh, you know, if I told you that today, you would have me locked up. It's a it's an insane story and all religion everything you know from Moses to Jesus to Buddha to the it's all Scientology it's all a bunch of horseshit it really is as a logical person I can look at I can separate my human emotion and as a logical person I could look at religion and go that is horseshit that is not real that's made up but then there's another part of me that, you know, when I come close to hitting a deer or, you know, when something goes my way, you know, I, I think to myself, thank God. And you sort of have that internal, but you think conversation with God or whatever. It's very weird. You know, it's very weird. I'm not one of these people that can stand on either side of this. You know, like Bill Maher, as courageous as he is, and how in awe of him I am for him taking this approach in this documentary, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to definitively say 
uh, no. God, you know, or whatever it is, doesn't exist. Now, I could say churches and organized religion are bullshit, and I think that's pretty much true. Rules, once you get rules and donations involved, eh, legitimacy kind of, you know, falls to the wayside for me. But uh, some sort of greater being? I don't know. I can't say that there's not. And I can't say that there, uh, that, uh, there is. So. And all this from a Honda. I had to tell you, driving home and, and recording a podcast is something. But driving home in a storm and recording that same podcast, now that's something else. I got into this earlier on the show today. And it was basically because I was, you know, I was on the air and I thought, let me, let me take a peek over at News 12 because uh, I want to make sure I'm not missing anything, telling people information, you know, because we have all our sources and all our places that we go to get info, the news wires, dare I say. Uh, but I go, eh, let me peek over to uh, uh, News 12. I, I never watch News 12 in the morning. But I, I love News 12. I do. I, I, I know some folks that work over there. Um, I know a lot of people that work over there listen to EHM. Like, you know, not a lot, but a couple. And uh, the great people, you know, I think Long Island needs a TV station like News 12. I wish it was available on, you know, DirecTV and all other, you know, formats and whatever. But it's just on cable, so I really don't uh, get to watch it all that often. But I pop on News 12, and Aaron Colton who seems like a nice lady, is like standing in the middle of this grassy area in Port Jeff, and she's screaming. She's like, yes, we're here in Port Jeff, and the snow is coming down. And she's just like over the top presenting this like, you know, thing. And I know why, because probably her producers or whoever is urging her to make it feel worse than it actually is. But she's standing in three inches of snow, right? On grass, mind you. You can see street behind her that's perfectly clear. And, you know, she's trying to justify, you know, this... Her whole fucking presence there is absurd. Like, a shot of outside and, hey, it's snowing would suffice. Then move on to the news. You know, she's out there going, trying to describe the conditions. It's fucking windy and snowing. We get it. You don't have to send a poor son of a bitch out there in the middle of a of a three-inch thing to be all, yeah, well, look, it's, it's wet and heavy snow. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, look at that guy over there. He's shoveling. And don't forget, it could be tough on your uh, back. It's like we know all these things, asshole. When I do weathers in the morning, sometimes I lose myself in that rhetoric, and I hate it. I really try not to say the typical bullshit. If you notice that when I tell you to leave a little extra time, if it's snowing or icy, like if you, there's a cringe in my voice when I have to say that. Because I feel like everybody says that shit, you know? I don't like being like other people. But poor Erin Colton's out there grasping at straws. Then she interviews it. Now, I can't, honestly, I can't remember if it was her or the same girl that looks exactly like her 
that came on right after her that was somewhere else on Long Island doing the same shit. Who interviewed some guy coming out of a Dunkin' Donuts. This was fucking brilliant. She's like, what do you think of the snow? And she puts the microphone in the guy's face. What the fuck do you think he thinks of the snow? If he has off and he has nothing to do, snow's awesome. If he's got to go to work, it sucks. That is the dumbest question you could possibly ask somebody on a fucking snowy morning. What do you think of the snow? Well, I, uh, you know, personally, the way I feel about it, there's nothing he's going to give you that's going to be great. Nothing. Why even ask that question? Holy shit. And then, and not to just dump on poor Aaron Colton, but like I said, there was a girl that looked exactly like her who followed her. And if I had to guess, I stopped watching, but if I had to guess, there's probably fucking six more of these people standing around Long Island in parking lots and, and, and grassy areas. They had to go to grassy areas because that was the only... That was the thing. They just sent her out. They, they probably just said to Erin, go to Port Jeff. So Erin goes, and she's got to go, all right, well, there's no snow on the street, and I'm supposed to be covering the snow, so let's go over to... Let's go, we're going to find a grassy patch. I, th- I just... I feel bad for them. You know, I do. I feel bad for them. But there was probably six other reporters all around Long Island doing the same exact shit. You know? You know, give me something else. Give me the real news. I don't need to go from one reporter in Port Jeff to another reporter in Patchogue saying the same shit. Oh, and we found this guy this morning. Hey, what do you think of the snow? You're sick of the snow. Okay. Do you hope this is the last snowstorm? Well, if I'm fucking sick of the snow, why would I? Why would I be hoping? Well, you know, I really can't stand this snow, but boy, I hope there's two or three more of these before fucking spring comes. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm sorry. It's just some of the things that we do as people. We're so comfortable with them. That's the problem, right? You're so comfortable with it. There's something comforting. It's snowing outside. Let me go to the radio. Let me go to the TV. Find out what's happening. You need that. And it's radio and TV's responsibility to deliver that somewhat. But to stick a microphone in front of the the guy, the, this fat fuck, all he wants to do, right, is scarf three fucking donuts down before he's got to go to work or before he's got to go back home because he called in sick because, fuck it, it's snowing. All he wants to do is just be gluttonous and fill his fucking face, you know, with donuts. And you're, you're in there asking him stupid questions. You couldn't interview me for one of these stories. You couldn't do it. You just couldn't do it. I would make sure I made you miserable or gave you something that you couldn't use. That's the other thing. All these things are taped nowadays. They're not live. So I would, I would never, you're never going to see me being interviewed on the news. Never. It's just never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to sit there and go, uh, yeah, I don't like the snow. Do I wish it's the last snowstorm of the year? Yeah, I do, actually. I wish it was. It's never going to happen. I, I wouldn't be able, the wise-assness in me wouldn't be able to allow it. Just wouldn't be able to allow it. But these poor reporters... And then, the worst part of it is, they have to... Here, here, all right, here's a reporter. Now, this snowstorm's not that bad. 
There, here's poor Aaron Colton. Out there. Fucking snowing. The wind's kicking around. It's all in her face. She's she's grasping at straw. She's trying to do her best to fill. Because this is the... And now to Erin. And fill three minutes, asshole. And they just send it to her. And she's got to fucking fill the three minutes. Right? And uh, at the end of it all, at the end of stretching... And believe me, I've had to stretch. There's nothing more brutal than having to stretch and coming out with fucking nothing. You know, because you know you're coming out with nothing. It hurts. It hurts your insides. It really does. There's nothing worse than that. But there's nothing worse than than doing three minutes of complete bullshit, nothing, and then having to send it back to the studio to this smug asshole in the fucking warmth and back to you, Tom. And there's Tom all smiles in his nice fucking suit, not wet at all. He's not even wearing galage. He's probably not even wearing fucking pants under that desk. Relax to the nines, and you're out there freezing your ass off. Holy crap. I don't know how they do it. The worst, the worst of this is the fucking Weather Channel. The Weather Channel, that's all there is. All, when you go for a job, when you go for the reporter job at the Weather Channel, all you're saying to yourself is, please put me in a fucking puddle. I don't care where it is, put me in a fucking puddle with an electric device that I have to hold in front of my mouth and talk into. That's what I, that's what I want to do for a living. What, there's no puddles? All right, then put me in a big field where fucking trailer parks and whatever is just blowing around my face so that I can get hit and die. Put me, put me in one of those two locations. But I have to tell somebody else how bad the weather is where they're not even at. That's the beautiful part. Let's go live now to Jerry in uh, Oklahoma for the tornado. And you're sitting there in New York going, look at this fucking asshole. Down in o- and he's sitting there going, well, you know, if you're not in the Oklahoma area, good for you, uh, because you're avoiding all this shit. Yeah, and how do you feel? You're sitting in all that shit, so you could tell my comfort a- comforting ass, my comfortable ass in Long Island, how fucking horrific it is down there. That's your job. That's your job at the end of the day. I'm nice and comfortable here in Long Island watching you dodge uh, Buicks. You know? How stupid do you feel? For the life of me, now that I think about it, I don't know how anybody can carry a resume into the Weather Channel building going, man, I hope I get this job. I hope... I hope when the next hurricane comes, they'll put me smack dab in the middle of it. With all the rain and the fl- with and again with an electronic device that I can hold right in front of my face. Seems like the craziest job in the world to me. Again, maybe it's just me. Maybe I have an ego. But if I'm in the office and some asshole behind the desk is like, you know what? Um yeah, there's a lot of flooding in Riverhead, so, Ant, why don't you go out there with a microphone and a camera and other electronic equipment and uh, go stand in the middle of it and uh, report back to us what you see. I'd be like, no, I'm not fucking going out there. I- I'm not going out there. Let me ask you a question. If this is so important to you, why don't you get off your ass from behind that desk and you go do that? 
the job of TV reporter, you're ba- you're, the TV reporter, the roving reporter, is basically the court jester of our time, our decade, century, generation, whatever. Right? Because it's before dance, dance, baby. And then if we don't like, you know, we don't like you, we turn the channel. Or in the old days, they'd kill the jester or whatever. They, you, know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm getting at. You know, that's what it is. It's like a, it's, it's like a, you know, for what? To be on TV? You can't, you're not allowed to say anything. This opinion I'm giving to you now, which I would give it to you on the air in a cleaner version, no reporter would ever be allowed to say that. Never. They would just, like, cut the feet. That's funny to me. Wait, you want me to stand in the water? Yeah. All right, I guess so. We also would like you to hold electrical equipment. What? Why would I? Do? I, I wonder. I wish I could have been there during the first reporter. When they told for the first time, when they told the reporter, you have to stand outside in that snowstorm or that terrible flood. <coughs> Don't mind me, I'm just dying. I would never want to do that shit. Anyway, I had to run some errands. So I think this podcast went a little longer than some. I'm not home yet, but I have to run some more errands. And I believe I did enough time. Errands is something else we got to change, too. You know... Errands. Who? Who's? To, I gotta run some errands. What are you doing later, dude? Oh, I gotta run some errands. Like, we've gotten to the place I think in society where you have two options here. You either say you're running errands, or you say oh, I got shit to do. You know, there's really no in between. There's really no in between. And errands is something that you say when you want to tell somebody you have something to do, but you don't want to tell them what it is. Like, it's so mundane. Like, when I go out to buy my dog uh, those poopy bags, like those pooper scooper bags, I tell people I'm going out, I gotta run some errands. I'm going to buy plastic so that I could follow around my dog and pick up his shit. Sometimes you don't want to get into all those details. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you say errands. But I wish we had a better word. Even errands. It's not even fucking fun to say. You know? Like, nougat is fun to say. It's delicious. And it's just, there's something about nougat. It's just fun. I wish we could be like, I got a couple of nougats to take care of. And, uh, and then I'm going to go home and drink. Crap beer. Maybe I can get that changed. Maybe we can start running nougats. Instead of errands. I couldn't even spell errands, to be honest with you. I, I'm pretty sure it's not E-R-I-N. I know it's not Erin. Errands. E-R-R-A-N-D. I don't know. can't spell anything. I'm a radio disc jockey. Cutting you off, buddy. How do you like it? Life's full of disappointments. This ain't going to be the last one either. He's in a hurry like he's got a bunch of errands. I got nougats to do. Damn it. Clearly, I'm more important than you are. Let me get in your lane. 
I mean, I don't know how you could disagree with me that nougats or nougat isn't a better word better word than Erin. All right, I'm drying up here. My voice is getting all scratchy. I can't believe I'm actually losing my voice. You would think after talking for four hours in the morning and then talking to management, ugh, which kills more than my voice, it kills brain cells, and then talking to the podcast for another hour that I'd be okay. But lo and behold, I'm not. Just another thing on my shoddy body to go on me, my voice. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for the podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm very grateful. I said this earlier, uh, getting a lot of followers on Twitter, really growing a base there, and we got a whole ton of them on Facebook and uh, all the calls and emails I get. Very, very grateful. Thank you to everybody. Just just to be able to kind of form this connection with you is great for me every day. So uh, I hope you enjoy some of this stuff too. Um, didn't really get into much behind-the-scenes stuff, but we kind of overkilled it with the interviews on the last podcast. But we don't really plan these things too much, so who knows what will come up on the next one. That'll be fun and interesting. We do have some uh, really exciting interviews uh, coming up, some behind-the-scenes shit that's going on. Uh, and there's some cool, a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. Really, really excited. I'm really hoping for the first time ever in my life that I don't get fired. Usually I wish for firings, especially when I get called into the boss's office or when I have to see anybody that I work with. I usually hope, why can't I just be fired? But in this particular case, I'm kind of hoping that I'm not fired because I really want to do some of the stuff that we got coming up. So uh, stay tuned for all of that and more. Something you learn in uh, broadcasting, uh, you know, over the years of broadcasting. Always say at the end of anything and more, and it, it just there's a, a wonderful hope and optimism there. There is like I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna contemplate suicide, I'm gonna possibly kill my significant other. Maybe I'll just build a model airplane and more. I don't know. And in that and more, you're going. Well, I hope you don't kill yourself and your significant other. Sounds like and more could be fine religion and and you know start a nice little non-for-profit organization who knows and more a lot very, there's so much hope there there's so much hope so join me for the next podcast where we will make jokes talk about inside stuff and more <laughs>